Welcome to another episode of Winston's Benefits Blast podcast. I'm Steve Flores, and I'm delighted to be joined today by my colleague, Alessandra Swanson. Alessandra is a former federal regulator with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office of Civil Rights. She now focuses her practice on privacy, marketing, advertising, and intellectual property, and is a member of the firm's Global Privacy and Data Security Task Force. During this episode, we'll be talking about how privacy and security laws affect employers. Alessandra, data privacy and security are topics that are constantly covered in the news. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on in this space? Sure. This is a really interesting time to be a data privacy and security lawyer. Maybe a little less interesting to be on on the regulated side of this. But the U.S. is currently undergoing a huge shift in how the privacy and security of personally identifiable information is regulated. So previously, as background, it was more of a patchwork of laws that regulated how companies could collect, use, and share certain classes of personal information. So that would include things like GLBA, which regulated financial institutions, HIPAA, which regulated um, healthcare providers and health plans. And then there were a patchwork of state laws, most notably Massachusetts, which regulated uh, the security of personal information that can be used for identity theft purposes. So that was name and social security number, name and driver's license number, things of that nature. So now there's a movement, especially among the states, to create more of a comprehensive scheme. And because the federal government has not responded to this yet, states are taking matters into their own hands. So what's been in the news most recently is California, which passed the California Consumer Privacy Act in June 2018. It's set to go into effect in January 2020. And for for all the employers out there, it mirrors HIPAA in that it governs a very wide class of personally identifiable information. It's essentially anything that can be identifiable to an individual or household. And it introduces a number of individual rights or ways that consumers can control what a company does with their personally identifiable information. So this is very reminiscent of HIPAA, which governs you know, PHI, protected health information, it's essentially anything remotely identifiable that a healthcare provider or health plan is holding. Um, and individuals have a lot of rights with respect to accessing, amending, um, and controlling how the, the healthcare industry can share that information. CCPA is a little bit different because the information that it seeks to govern is information that previously really flew under the radar of other regulations. It could be something as simple as an individual's name and the fact that they're a customer of a company. Um, so, so that's really going further than U.S. privacy law has gone in the past. So of note to our audience, the law is written arguably applies to employee information but it's widely understood that the law is going to be amended to exempt employee information. So it would still govern, you know, if a, if a company holds consumer information or other customer information, but hopefully, um, you know, the law is geared towards consumers, so it will not impose obligations with respect to employee information. That stated, there's about 11 other states that are currently contemplating laws that are similar to CCPA, and the federal government is kicking around potential laws that could partially or fully preempt uh, state laws on point. 
So at this point, we just have to stay tuned to, to see what direction we go in. Thanks, Alessandra. So what does this mean for the privacy and security of employee information? What, what should employers be on the lookout for? So one critical area for employers that's part of both these um, you know, widespread privacy laws like CCPA and then other specific state laws, it's, it's the collection of biometric information, which includes retina scans, fingerprints, and handprints. So in the employment context, this usually comes up for timekeeping purposes. So if you are having your employees clock in and clock out by using a fingerprint scanner or hand scanner, um, but it can also arise in other employment situations, such as verifying someone's identity if they need to enter a locked cabinet or a locked room. So currently, Illinois, Washington, and Texas have laws that require certain notice and consent from individuals before this information is collected. And then there's also some data security requirements that go along with that. Illinois in particular has been in the news a lot lately because it's law, the Illinois Biometric Information Privacy Act, has a private right of action for, quote, aggrieved individuals um, and uncapped statutory damages. And this year, the Illinois Supreme Court had a ruling saying that someone can be aggrieved without suffering any type of damage um, just because their, their biometric information was collected absent notice. So that has really opened the floodgates of uh, litigation. And because this comes up in the context of you know timekeeping and, and other employment-related issues, a lot of the plaintiffs are ex-employees or angry employees. Um, so it's, it's something to keep their eye on for sure. And another area that's not new but still important is HIPAA compliance. So for those employers with self-insured health plans, HIPAA imposes obligations to create fulsome compliance programs with respect to the privacy and security of protected health information. So these compliance programs include things like written policies and procedures to implement the requirements of the three prongs of HIPAA, the privacy, the security, and the breach notification rules. Um, it includes the requirement to address the, the 50 plus safeguard requirements of the security rule to conduct a security risk analysis, create an incident response plan, um, and to enter into business associate agreements. So again, HIPAA, I mean, compared to some of the other privacy laws we've been talking about, HIPAA is kind of an old man privacy law. It's been around for a long time, but it, it does still impose obligations and it is enforced by HHS OCR where, where I used to work before coming to Winston. Alessandra, it seems like I hear about a new breach almost every single day uh, again, can I ask you, what should employers be on the lookout for in terms of data security? Sure. So, so in terms of data security with employers, I think a top issue, just based on what I'm seeing I'm, in my practice, uh, it's phishing schemes and, and how often employees can fall victim to them. Um, phishing schemes are when you get an email, it looks legit. You know, maybe the email address is one letter off and they either request that the bad actor who sends the email either requests that you send them information or they trick the, the user into clicking on a link and they enter your system that way or they can request your um, 
your user credentials, something like that, and they enter your system and they're on the lookout for any valuable information. So the, the bad actors who run these phishing scenes, they're incredibly sophisticated. Um, you have to pay very close attention. They'll even mimic sending emails from company executives, from a company's IT team. Um, so it, it's really a matter of educating employees again and again and again, reminding them that this is a threat, and then testing them on that. So sending, you know, a lot of organizations will send fake phishing emails and they'll kind of catch their employees. Um, and then um, implementing effective security measures, which includes spam filters, so they don't, these emails don't hit your system. Um, and also, I, you know, a lot of people, when there's a, an external email that comes in, there's an automatic header put on the email saying that it's external. So something to alert your, um, your employees to be on, you know, to take care with looking at the email. Um, another issue that comes up a lot is it's the security of end user devices. So that would be things like smartphones that your employees are using, um, if they can access company information through them, also laptops, flash drives, things of that nature. Um, the number one way to prevent a, a breach is to encrypt these, these devices um, and to educate your employees that they shouldn't be saving information outside of your network and your database, um, that they should protect their devices when they're off company grounds and things like that. So this seems like a lot to manage. And here you talked a little bit about how an employer can address phishing threats um, and the security of end user devices. Uh, what are some other things uh, that employers can do to protect themselves? Sure, it, it is a lot to manage. Um, it's a lot to think about, but the first thing an employer needs to do is to data map. They need to understand where their sensitive information, their employee personal information, HIPAA protected information, biometric information, they need to know where that lives, quote unquote, in their organization uh, in order to protect it. They need to know what their employees are doing with the information. So when I say data mapping, I mean, you know, looking at how the information comes into your organization, where it resides on your IT servers, and then how it exits. So any vendors that you're sharing it with, any other third parties, um, any removable devices that it may travel to, things like that. And once you can wrap your mind around what's going on with your data, then you can sit down and make a plan to best protect it. Um, going hand in hand with that is conducting regular security risk assessments to understand any vulnerabilities to your data, um, penetration testing to make sure that you know bad actors, malware can't enter your network. Um, and then kind of an, another prong that is related is uh, looking at your commercial contracts and thinking about your relationships with your vendors. And what I mean there is thinking about who has access to your employee information and your sensitive information. And then actually sitting down, making sure that you have all necessary contracts in place. So for example, if, if you have a, a, HIP, a HIPAA covered health plan, making sure that there's no gaps in your business associate agreements, that you have agreements in place with every vendor that's receiving your PHI. Um, and then just generally looking at your contracts, seeing what kind of data security promises you have in there, 
Um, so is it that it's silent, the contract is silent on how your vendor is going to protect your data? Does it say that they have to use reasonable safeguards? Is there a two-page addendum outlining the type of security safeguards they need to have in place? Um, you know, depending on how sensitive your information is, the latter is, is usually the best practice to make sure that they are effectively um, protecting your data. The, the contract terms are important because in the event that your vendor has a security incident or a breach, you want to, number one, you want to be informed about it, and number two, you want to be able to point to something in the agreement that will afford you some recourse because you will definitely incur in expenses on your own end, um, investigating, providing notification, working with legal counsel, working with an IT vendor. So you want to make sure that your contract has all of those terms and if not it would be worth going to your vendor and asking to engage in a new agreement. Thank you Alessandra for sharing your insights about how privacy and security laws affect employers. Thank you to our listeners for listening to another edition of Winston's Benefits Blast podcast. You can subscribe to the Benefits Blast podcast via Apple iTunes or Google Play or by visiting our website 